Gas Homer gets 11. So when we talk, Homer, it is my car. Good afternoon, everybody. Dan Silio, National Football Show. Hope everybody's having a great day and an American day. We live in the greatest country on the planet. I get an opportunity to talk to you fine folks each and every single day. And we so thank you for coming aboard here on the National Football Show. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. We're going to do some experimenting today. And we're all going to be the guinea pigs here. Okay? Know this. We're going to throw a topic out. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring a pro football scout or a guy who was a pro football scout for Bill Belichick on the program. And I'm going to ask him what he sees in Jalen Hurts's improvement so far this year. And does he think that this is something that Howie Roseman should go forward with? How does he view and how does he grade Jalen Hurts? He being our NFL scout, I've known Chris since I was being evaluated when I came out of college. Chris Landry from Landry Football will join us at the bottom of the hour. And we're going to get his spin. Now, before we start, all of you guys that come aboard each and every single day, like Brotherly Love, Robert, Eastside Monster, Ewing, Jermaine, we thank you. You guys have made this show one of the fastest growing shows on YouTube. And I can't thank you enough, man. I'm actually enjoying myself. Carlos, thank you, brother. I am enjoying myself because of you guys. You know, I haven't enjoyed myself in broadcasting probably in the last 10 years all that much. But this has been fun, man. Dude, th- thank you, Jermaine. I know, man. And But you know what? Isn't it easy? And it's kind of like we run out of time, don't we? When we're talking, we just run out of time. All right. As I said, we're going to be some guinea pigs here. Oh, and by the way, that's not a racial slur because some would say, Silio, you're already a guinea pig. Thank you very much. I'm here four to six Monday through Friday. How you doing? All right, anyway. So we move on, okay? I talked to you yesterday about the comparisons between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts after 14 games. Pretty comparable numbers, both five and four with their records. And both quarterbacks, as they were improving, you could see the numbers were very compatible with one another. You know, one got a massive contract extension by the Eagles. Huge money. And the other one, we're still kind of ping-ponging back and forth on whether or not he could potentially be a franchise guy, correct? All right. When everything is said and done, and we look at both of these guys' talents today, who do you think has a better career in the National Football League? Carson Wentz? Or Jalen Hurts. Now, before you respond, you also have to think about environment. Guys, I can promise you this. Where you're drafted matters. If you've got an organization that'll give you the best coaching possible, you've got an organization that will spend every single cent it takes to win. They will not cut corners like the Jets do. Look at that thing. 
You think really Zach Wilson, I told you at the beginning of the year, you really think Zach Wilson has a chance of success with the New York Jets? Absolutely not. They'll always be the Giants, bitch, and that's who they are. Owning a football team for Woody Johnson is just that, owning a football team. Owning a winning team is Bob Kraft. Jerry Jones. Those kind of owners who spare no expense. It's not just always about talent, folks. It's about where you are. Look at the Steelers. They spare no expense. They don't spend a lot of money because you know what they do? They're tremendous evaluators. They hire the best coaches. They have the best system. It's been intact for over 50 years. That's why there's only been three coaches there. You think that's just all of a sudden kind of like, oh, wow, that was just by luck. No, that was by design and the way the Rooney set up that football program. That football program in Pittsburgh is about winning. Even when they've lost the Ryan Shaziers, the Antonio Browns, the Le'Veon Bells, Roethlisberger getting old, they still win. So, who has the better career in your opinion? On what you've seen with ability, maybe you want to look at it, who has the higher ceiling, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? Which guy do you think you see the confetti falling down from? And what I mean is, do you envision the confetti falling on the guy? after he's won a championship. Can you see the confetti falling on Carson Wentz? Can you see the confetti falling on Jalen Hurts? Which one of these guys do you think has the best NFL career and potentially leads their team to a Super Bowl? Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? I'm putting my money on Jalen Hurts. Here's why. I think Jalen Hurts is mentally tougher than Carson Wentz. And if everything is equal like we talked about last time we got together here yesterday, if that's the intangible, I'm going to lean on that kid. He's mentally tougher. Follow me. He was told by Nick Saban. And, and by the way, Tua Tugaviola starting for the Dolphins, and Mac Jones is going to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award in New England. That guy actually may get to an NFC Championship game. Wasn't like he was behind stiffs. Long term, who has the better career? Hurts to me is just mentally tougher. I am always going to be in the room with the guy who's had more adversity, had to overcome more. It's like he was conditioned for this moment. He's just mentally tougher than Carson Wentz. You know, that's been pretty much the commentary that all of you have made to me. 
Because remember, I, I was watching the Eagles from 30,000 feet. Now I'm kind of watching them, and I'm looking them in the eye. My big criticism of Carson is, don't let the outside shit get to you, kid. Get it out of there. Clear off your table. Clear off your desk. Get a goal in front of you. That's winning. Getting better. Your teammates around you. Getting better. I say Jalen Hurts, in the end, will have a better NFL career. And I say Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, will get the Eagles closer to a Super Bowl than Carson Wentz. I'm not talking about what they should do free agent-wise, looking at Russell Wilson, all this. I'm not saying that right now. We'll have a topic a little bit later on on that. All your comments here, and please, if I miss reading your comments, please repost them. Who do you see as the guy? That is more of the engine instead of the caboose. The engine pulls the train. It pulls the team. The engine is out front. They're pulling that long line of trains behind them. That big engine. I don't want a quarterback who's a caboose. The thing at the very end where he's got to be pulled along. I want a quarterback that pulls that train and pulls it across the country. Big engine, steady. I don't care how many cars you put on it. Steady. I'm pulling the train. I want those kind of athletes. Let me lead from out front. Nobody likes a caboose. That's what Baker Mayfield is. He's the caboose. Tom Brady's an engine. Which one of these quarterbacks do you think is the engine? Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? My money's on Hurts. Lou, Hurts will be around. Even if it's only as a backup. King music. Hurts, by the way, Russell Wilson would never be the guy he is today without them helping his development in the run game. Absolutely. They had Marshawn Lynch. That's why that Seattle team, King music, is not the same right now. They're not the same because they don't have the same running attack and they can't play defense on the other side of the ball. Eastside Monster hurts because of what he represents in his leadership. Jesse, yes, hurts. Just need time to develop. And with that good coaching, you can unlock the traits with the right coaching staff and the right chemistry. Jesse, spectacular take. East Candom. Wentz couldn't handle the fans and the media. That's the stuff I'm talking about, East Candom. Who cares what these people think? Justin says, Jalen. Lou, Hertz has that spark. Lou, it's a good take because you know why? You know what I'm talking about, right, Lou? Certain dudes walk in the room, you never notice they're in the room. 
Certain dudes walk in the room, they are the room. You know when they say, and they go like this, you know when you're climbing the mountain, be the mountain. Alabama's the mountain. Alabama's the mountain. New England's the mountain. Jeff says Hurts is a better football player. It's a great comment. Who's the better quarterback, though? Brotherly love. I see he's tougher, Mr. Hurts. Big Chris, one of my favorites. Hopefully Wentz remains the engine. So we could get that first round. It's a good take. We need that. Lamar Kennedy, if Carson does his job, we get to a mid or late first round pick. He's at five and five right now, Lamar. He's doing his job. If he can get through, I think it's another five games and he doesn't have to play those last two, he would have hit that number that the Eagles have to have. I think 75% of his plays. I think he needs a few more games. Smile. Hurts victories. The defense gave up six points. Falcons and Lions, 13 points for the Broncos, 18 points. Panthers, Hurts wasn't, hasn't won a shootout. Well, I don't really think Lamar Jackson's winning a lot of shootouts now, do you? He couldn't beat Tua. I don't think that offense is going to be one of those offenses that's going to put up 35 points a game. I know that Howie and the owner of the Eagles want to have that kind of offense, but I don't think that that's going to be the setup, friends. If you're going to stick with Jalen Hurts, you're not going to be in a back and forth with Patrick Mahomes putting up 30 points. That's not what that football team is going to look like. That football team is more going to look like Tennessee. Are you okay with the Tennessee Titans, by the way, who are 8-2? and two? Are you okay with that kind of offense? If your offense looks like what's going on in Tennessee, I'm totally cool with that. As a matter of fact, I think that kind of offense builds character and toughness. Here, 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 here's something that's code that I hate. Watch this. You know, it's a spread offense, and, you know, they're trying to spread you out. And they really have a great spread offense. You know what that's code for to me? Soft. I want a team that's at the point of attack that knocks you off the ball. Alonzo, if we keep running the ball well, we won't have to worry about shootouts. Correct? Breaking. How Hurts plays against the Giants two times and Washington two times in the coming weeks will show us a lot. Those are the guys that we see every single year. Absolutely. Divisional games are going to be essential in how you're evaluating Jalen Hurts. He's got to beat Dallas. And he's for sure got to beat Washington and New York. He's got to beat those teams. Okay? He's got to beat those teams. Justin, I'll do some homework tomorrow on that, on how much he's played so far and what his percentages are in the games. That's a good question, Justin. Watch this. Instead of lying to you, I don't know. I'll find out, though, for you. We do a lot of homework here. Eastside Monster. Eagles averaging 25-7 this year. I'll take it. Yeah, if you're giving up 13 points a game. 
and you're one of the better teams on point differential, which they are this year, I'm good with it. That's right, Jeff. It's a tough identity, man, when you run the ball down somebody's throat. I told you. You create a mentality where you're kicking people's asses. Now, now, by the way, I want to ask you something, too, also, to kind of piggyback what we're talking about here. You're really not expecting this team to make the playoffs, are you? Are you you expecting the team to make the playoffs? Because I, I, I think they're in it. But do I think that they're one of those teams that I would put a C note down and go, here's going to be one of your NFC playoff teams? I don't think so. Jesse, I'm with you. I don't think so. I think they're going to fight to the end. I think they're going to go out and they're going to play their asses off. Unlike last year where they mailed it in in that last game of the year. Chris says not really. Now listen, guys, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not rooting against them not to make the playoffs, and I know you're not either. You're not either, but we're just being realistic here, right? Now, how about this? They win these next three games. We'll revisit that conversation, right? Because then they'll be seven and six. We'll revisit that. Is that fair? We'll revisit that. Who do you see the confetti falling on? Or maybe you don't see the confetti falling on either of these guys. Why, when I close my eyes, I see the confetti falling on Jalen? Is it wishful thinking? Is it just because I like the kid and I like his journey? Here, so you guys know maybe why I'm starting to like Jalen Hurts a little more. I got thrown out of Maryland. I was told I wasn't going to go anywhere. People were telling me there were better people that there weren't. I was a backup on an ACC championship team. Then I go to Miami, and I had a coach who believed in me, who who loved me, and Jimmy Johnson. And he nurtured me and made me an All-American. Then I became the 56th player drafted as a junior. If you tell a player who he is, he'll remain. If you tell a player what he can be, he will become. Those were words that were given to me Every day from Coach Jimmy Johnson. Every day. He would stroke my ego. He still does it to this day. I so love playing for him. There's certain coaches that look you in the face, and you know they're telling you the truth. Guys, don't let me bore you with this, but I love telling this story on Jimmy Johnson just to show you how I bought into and how Jalen is a guy that buys into all the coaches that he goes to and how he works with them. I tell this story all the time. Got down to Miami. I was a troubled kid. Thought I knew everything. Always in trouble. 
as you could tell. I get down to Miami. I earn a starting job, and I'll never forget this story. And I love telling it. So we stay at the Don Shula's hotel down in South Florida. This is the night before we play games. And um, I took and I stole the blankets off the bed and the comforter and some towels. And I I took them back to my dorm. Next day in practice, I guess the hotel had called Coach Johnson up and said, your boy Cilio stole comforter and sheets and towels. Coach Johnson confronted me at practice. You motherfucker, did you steal that stuff? You know what that place is to us. I didn't, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? If you effed up, you're out of here. Why did you do it? Coach, I didn't have any blankets and I didn't have any towels or sheets. I was covering myself with a towel a friend gave. He looked me in the face and he went like this. For Christ's sakes, why didn't you tell me? And I I said I just was embarrassed. The next day on my bed were sheets, blankets, toiletries, toothbrush, toothpaste, soap. And I go to him the next day, and I go, hey, coach, he goes, for what? He goes, don't ever F up again like that. I love you. Just know that. My point is, when someone believes in you and pushes all their chips in on you and wraps his arms around you, like I think Sirianni is, and you know what else I think Nick Sirianni's doing? He's giving Jalen a fair evaluation. I think Nick is pushing everything in. Hey, let's help Jalen out. Let's run the ball. And Jalen's buying into it. And Jalen's buying into all that. So for me, guys, let me just put it to you this way. The guy that I think is going to have the better career down the line is going to be Jalen Hurts. He's mentally tougher. He's willing to listen. He's willing to evolve. He's not going to let outside noise, like having Tua Tagovailoa or Mac Jones around him. Can you imagine if Carson Wentz had Mac Jones? Okay? Think about this for a second. If Carson Wentz in the same room at Alabama, if Wentz had Tagovailoa, Hurts, and Mac Jones in the room, Carson Wentz would have quit and went home to North Dakota or wherever the frig he's from. Because it would have bugged him. It didn't bug. Hey, and by the way, was he not a great teammate at Alabama too? See, some people, I had Howard Eskin on the program a couple months ago. He held that against him. I'm not holding that against him, that he decided to quit. You had Mac Jones behind him. Mac Jones is a starter in New England. Wasn't like it was some sorry-ass group of dudes in there. Guys, now Chris Landry from Landry Football may completely see it differently. May completely see it differently. But I'm going to put my money 
on Jalen Hurts. And I can't wait to – and by the way, I don't know what his evaluation is going to be. He's a former NFL scout for Bill Belichick. And I'm going to ask him what his true thoughts are. And we'll ask him about Sirianni. I'll ask him about Devontae Smith. What should they do in the draft? But I would put my money on Jalen Hurts to see the confetti. All right, guys, do me a favor. You have been destroying the like button. It is an honor that you do that for me. And I thank you. I bow at you, man. Thank you. Please hit the like button for me. It really means a lot. We're going to talk to Chris Landry and get his evaluation on your quarterback. Jalen Hurts from the Eagles. We're going to do it next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that welcome back national football show your boy Dan Cilio Chris Landry our NFL scout is going to evaluate Jalen Hurts Okay? He's going to evaluate him for you. 
I have no idea what he's going to say. And we're going to catch up with him in a minute. He's one of the best talent evaluators that is out there. He's a former scout for Bill Belichick, too. So whatever he says, guys, I have no idea what he's going to say. Let me throw this at you before he comes on here. Who do you think should be the bell cow for the Eagles going forward the rest of the year at running back? Miles Sanders, Howard, or Gainwell? Pasquale, thanks for coming aboard. Old Cole, thank you. Hugh, appreciate it. Who should be the guy you think is the guy who gets the majority of the carries? East Candom says Howard. Really? You think Howard has shown more ability, you think, in your opinion, and more elusiveness? Do you think that he's more versatile in the fact that he can catch the football out of the backfield? For me, Smile, a guy that I think Sirianni needs in that offense to help Jalen out, I don't think you could just have a sole runner. I think you need somebody that is a versatile guy out of the backfield where he can catch the rock and he can also get you tough yardage. Kind of a cheap man's version of Christian McCaffrey. That's the kind of guy I think that they need in that offense. I don't think, now look, would it be great to have a Derrick Henry? Absolutely. I mean, my God, those guys come around so, so few years and you don't really see those guys a lot. I mean, he, he is a generational talent, Derrick Henry. So, sure, that's the, that's the pinnacle of what you would want as a running back. But in today's offenses, especially if you're going to try to create an identity on being able to move the chains, because remember something right here with Jalen. Jalen moves the chains unconventionally. That's why you're struggling with evaluating him, and you're looking at him going, gee, man, does this system really work on winning Super Bowls? I think this is all evolving in front of us, and it's changing the game. You know, the Dan Marinos and the Peyton Mannings, look, when you find those guys, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. They don't even get it right on draft day. Evaluating the quarterback position is one of the most difficult things to do because the intangibles you can't see when you go to the combines. And we're talking about a lot of those intangibles that Jalen has. Angel says, I think Sanders and Howard are a great duo. Okay? That, that, that right there is a great answer. That's a great answer. Lou, I agree too. I, I, I agree as well. I do. I agree. I think those two guys should get the majority of the carries. I think you should start to work those guys in repetition. And what I mean by work them in repetition, no disrespect to Gainwell. He could be a third dude coming in, getting four or five carries. But if you're going to start running the ball 28 times a game, and you're going to start to create that as a part of your offensive attack, to me, Sanders and Howard, they've got to split up those 28 carries. Now, I'm not going to say which guy should get more because – that's going to be determined by your opponent. Maybe a guy who's better between the tackles will get the ball more. Maybe one week, a guy who's better in getting the checkdowns and creating plus yardage after he catches the pass in that particular game because maybe they're weak on defensive ends. They play a 43 or they play a 34, depending on what they are in weakness. That was the beautiful thing about Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick was a chameleon every single week. That's why it's so hard to play against a New England Patriots football team. 
They are so versatile because they have versatile players. All right. As promised, I'm going to bring my friend in, Chris Landry, from Landry Football. And please, guys, make sure you go over and take a look at all of his evaluations and all of the conversation, both on the college and pro levels. Which quarterbacks do you think are going to be looking for new zip codes in the uh, 2022 season? We'll talk to Chris about that. But, Chris, I brought you on here because I wanted to get your assessment of Jalen Hurts so far. And I'm going to throw some numbers at you. He's trending right now uh, this year for 3,700 yards, about 320 completions, a 24 to 8 touchdown interception ratio, little low on the completion percentage at around 61.4, and the QBR at around 92. And let's add in the 925 or 27 yards rushing that he's going to bring to the offense. Maybe I'm skewing the question here, but when I hear numbers like that and I see numbers like that and I see the team at four and six and they are getting better, it's Jalen Hurts in your eyes getting better. And no question he's getting better. Um, There's no question about that. In fact, he's already better than I thought he would be in this league. I think that certainly coming out, I, I question whether he can be as functional in the pocket. I think he's improving there, but... In, the, in today's game, his ability to create spacing and coverage because of his, his threat to run, even when he doesn't run, you've ha- you have to prepare for that. And I think he is very poised. He's very smart. He's very underrated. He's soft-spoken. But he's been well-schooled. He's been at two major programs, including a program that teaches the passing game very well and one that really understands how to protect the football. So he's well-prepared coming in. I don't think he's a great passer, meaning in terms of arm talent, getting the ball out on time accurately, but because he's a threat to run and because he can run to throw, he creates spacing and he delivers the ball well and when you've got a little bit extra space, you can maybe be a little late. And he's got a good arm. Uh, I think he's just been really good. I think they've also done a really good job with him. And I think Coach Sirianni and his staff deserve a lot of credit for that. They've they've done a nice job. Look, I I, I think it is so interesting because I had them thinking, okay, they're going to be in a quarterback shopping business. I, I looked at that. Now I'm thinking, hmm, you know. I think they probably feel like, and I, I'm beginning to, to think, hey, they've got their quarterback, and hey, you know, how great would that be for that franchise if they can go forward and begin to build more talent around them because they're two type of teams, ones that have a quarterback and ones that are just desperate to try to find one. And if you've got one, you can, you know, build a team around one. So good for them. I, he's He's progressed a lot better than I thought he would at this point. You know, and, and, and Chris, do you agree as a talent evaluator that one of the hardest things to do is when you see something that's not conventional and you see it moving the chains unconventionally, that it's a harder progress when you're talking about giving an evaluation on something? Because to me, we've talked before in the past about Lamar Jackson. That's a tough evaluation. He's getting better throwing the ball. He's elusive. It's a must-see ticket. But do you see the confetti falling on him and do you see this guy leading a team to a Super Bowl with that style? Does it become more about the method on you having to be convinced? And where I'm going with this is these guys are going to have three first-round picks in the top ten. To me, 
I'm always going to draft a quarterback, but it's going to determine how Jalen plays these next seven games on what round that's going to be. Do I need a maybe I go in the first round? I don't know if I see anybody I like out there this year or free agency, what have you. Maybe I draft a guy in the fourth round. Maybe I find a Dak Prescott or in the fifth round or sixth round, like I find a Tom Brady. Is that how the mentality of the talent department is working right now and what and how they're going to go forward? These next seven games are going to tell them what they're going to do in the draft at quarterback? Oh, I don't think there's any question that it, and it's not just the games, but how he prepares and how he improves. So I think you bring up something that's, that's really valid here that we, we got to attack. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, the, the, what you're looking for in a quarterback, it the athletic ability is great. It the play extensions are great. It's you know one of the things that is tied to it, as you know, is when you have really good athletic ability, you sometimes don't worry about going through your progressions or being as patient because you just take off and run because you got it. He ain't going to see Tom Brady do that because he can't run. So his mobility is, I got to get it out quicker. So when you look at, say, a Mahomes who can do all sorts of ridiculous things from an ambidextrous and sidearm platform stuff, it's his ability to make plays in the passing game. So what's really the key? What's the key to being a championship-level quarterback? It's not how much you run. It's really what is your ability to make plays in the passing game? So if you can run, that's great. But if you're limited in the passing game and everything has to be, we're going to run, we're going to control the game at the line of scrimmage, and then we're going to force numbers in the box, and then we're going to take our shots, that's great. That usually can have success against a lot of teams in the regular season, and you become a good regular season team. But what happens if you faced the best of the best in the playoffs, maybe not in the first round, but maybe what if somebody can slow your running game down? What if you turn the football over? What if you get down 17-3? Can you come back at 17-3 in the third quarter? Can you run your two-minute offense as effectively as your four-minute offense? And vice versa. Because to me, the teams that can go up and down the field, but they can't close out games, you know, they don't have a good four-minute offense. They're always subject to people coming back on them. But sometimes, and I see that a lot, and, and sometimes you wonder, okay, if you have to play left-handed, I mean, you've got to go run two minutes, how effective can you be? If you're limited there, that, that puts a glass ceiling on you in terms of championships. You might be able to win 10 games, which is going to be the number now with seven teams in each conference. You might be able to do that, but are you good enough? So that's the answer is, can we be good enough in running the two-minute, four-minute offense? Can we work the entire field? To me, that's what balance is. Balance is not run-pass ratio. It's like, can you force the defense to defend all parts of the field? And then can you, you know, it's, we're looking at right now a, a Rams team that defensively is great when they've got a lead, when they can pin their ears back and rush the pasture. But are they as good? defending the run. So it's the same way on both sides of the ball. Can you control it? And that's going to be the key that they're going to have to determine about Jalen. Just quite frankly, like I, I I think clearly they've decided that on Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, but that's the variable of, well, can he win the Super Bowl? Well, can they make plays enough plays in the passing game when they have to? 
That's the answer to the question, and that's what we got to figure out, and only time's going to tell that. What do you make of Nick Sirianni and the way he's handled his first year as head coach? I think he's done a very good job. I mean, I think it's a learning curve for a lot of these guys, you know, and the NFL, you get some of these guys, and they're really bright. They're good on one side of the ball, and they mostly come on the offensive side now. But sometimes they're not really good leaders, and they work that side of the ball, and they hired a, a, a Savant on the other side. And then sometimes it, it's about personnel, and it's about getting the most out of your personnel. And I think he's got a lot out of the quarterback. The team has some talent on defense. And, you know, I know their offensive line's got some age on it, but they they don't have enough playmakers. They've got a receiver that's making a lot of plays for them. And so all of a sudden you put a few pieces together. It's funny how that works. I mean, it's it's really a big part of it. I mean, we're seeing that a lot too. Is and that's that's something that I think that's helped Jalen. I mean, you know, it's what's the difference? I mean, like Mac Jones is doing a great job in, in New England. Well, he's cerebral, he gets the ball out on time, he's accurate. And they're he's running the ball. Got a, got a good team around them. They can run it, and they're playing as good a defense as anybody in football. Yeah, you, you you put Jalen or Mac, you put them in Jacksonville, right? Uh, you know, you got oh well, what's wrong with them? Well, what's wrong with them is it may be the most important position in football, but it's also the most dependent. I mean, you know, you just you just can't do a whole lot. Okay, well, go out and try to win a game, and well, just go ahead, drop back, throw it forty five times a game, and. Uh, <laughs> It's not going to have success. You you see all pro caliber quarterbacks that don't have success doing that if that's all you can do. Do you think that Frank Wright has righted the ship with Carson Wentz? I think that when Carson is healthy, and I think that was a big part of it. Man, I've never seen that. I've never seen a guy had two bad ankle sprains. I mean, folks, I mean, not you know, ankle sprained at heels. I'm talking about both of them. I mean, man, yeah. you just can't hop. You can't hobble on the good one. You can't do anything. I have seen Frank had success with, 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 uh, with Carson before. I don't know. I mean, to answer your question, I don't know. I want to see more. I want to see the rest of this season play out, but I see things getting a little bit better, but they've dug themselves a hole that, you know, it's going to be tough to get out of. You know, and, and to get back to the Eagles, now Devontae Smith, I'll tell you one thing that I'm seeing too, Chris, the last three weeks since they've been able to run the ball, play action pass. And uh, to your point about Mac Jones up in New England, I think one of the reasons why he stays out of trouble is because the ability of them to be able to run the balls in between the tackle. And that helps any young player. It helped out Roethlisberger when he was developing in Pittsburgh. They were able to run the ball with Bettis and those guys. That's kind of what you're seeing in New England, and now there's been an emphasis by Sirianni over the last couple of weeks to run the ball. I thought they ran the Broncos off the field after the Broncos destroyed the Cowboys, and they did a really nice job running the ball here. So that opens up more lanes then for, for Jalen to find Devontae Smith. He's on pace for roughly around like 68 catches and 1,000 yards. How do you think he's coming along? Well, and to your point, though, running the football, yes, and playing good defense. Yes. You know that the running the football and playing good defense, Dan, and you talk with people all the time, they don't get that. That the yep. defense, if you're giving up a lot of points, you're down 13, 17 points in this league. You're not running the football anymore. You can be good at it, but you abandoned it. Guess what? You expose the fact that, oh, we've got to be pass first. So now the passing game can't be worked through the run game 
Play action doesn't work. You can't suck the linebackers in. So, yeah, no, I I think that is 100% right. It's the complimentary football that I preach all the time, and I probably sometimes the listeners, sometimes people ask, well, explain what do you mean complimentary? Well, that, that's what it is, is that you, hey, run it, play good defense, keep people off balance. Hey, what's a, what's a way to slow down a pass rush? I mean, yeah, you got to have good pass protectors, but you know what? Make them think about the run. Yeah. Make them think that the run might be coming. The threat of run might be there. Well, you know, the teams that are really good, that are really explosive, like, well, Kansas City lives on, you know, explosive plays, scoring a bunch of points, and then now we can rush the passer because we always have a 14 nothing lead. Well, when they don't have that balance, it's not the same, and the defense is not the same, and they're frustrated because they don't have the ball enough, and it's not quick enough. And then, they're, you know, so that's where you get teams get out of sorts if they are off schedule from the way they're built to play. Chris, um, last week Howie Roseman went to uh, Pittsburgh to see how and Pickett play in that Pitt-North Carolina game, and he was there evaluating the quarterbacks. Um, a two-part question here. What do you make of Howie as a talent evaluator? And are there any guys in that draft coming up in 2022 where you go like this, man, I really love this kid Corral. He's fantastic. Or this kid Pickett has, I mean, you talk about a guy that has just catapulted up people's charts. It's been the kid from Pitt. But I'm always worried about that because I think of Mitchell Trubisky at Carolina or I think about – some of these guys who are just like on a streak and they get into the NFL and all of a sudden they get game planned on. I know I went a little long here with this, but I mean, give, give me your thoughts on how and the job and the task that Howie has to evaluate some of these quarterbacks. Are they worth a first round pick and his ability to evaluate that? Well, on the question of Howie and uh, look, I'm a bit, I'm old fashioned and you've known, known you, We've known each other for a long time. Um, and I don't want this to come across like a be a jerk, okay? But I believe that, you know, the those of us that played it and coached and scouted, I think that's a big part of having been there. It's really important. It's not that you're smarter than anybody else, but it's experience. So I worry about guys, you know, I think Howie's a really good administrator. But, I, you know, he doesn't have the background in football to evaluate. And, and let, me, let, let me stop you there before you go on, Chris. And I made this point the other day that I think he is an exceptional businessman. They're $21 million under the cap. Yep. And and that's what Wentz money on it. And they have 11 picks. I guess this goes into you. Does he have the football knowledge to be able to no. evaluate enough to be able to utilize those picks mm -hmm. and that money? No, no, but I think he's smart enough to listen to his football people that do know. And and if he's smart, that's what he'll do. And look, I have no problem with people that haven't played that, that, that to get into the sport. I think it's great. I think you can train people how to scout, how to learn things. But I think there's some things that's always missing. If you haven't played defensive line, coach defensive line, there are things that you're going to miss. Um, I always like not all players, ex-players will work hard at it, Dan. So they're not good either. Some people that, that, but to me that that's a good starting point, having a good base. So I think what we have a lot of times is people that, that don't come up from a football background that want to be 
football evaluators. I say this. I say you're really good in today's cap world. You have to have guys like that. I think, you know, save the the, the plane ticket for and, and put you know, put somebody in there. And then, you know what, listen to the people that know. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't mean to be rude. I, I yeah, I, I don't care what Harry Roseman thinks about a quarterback or any player because he doesn't have the the training and the aptitude to evaluate. Doesn't mean that that all the draft picks are there bad, but but it's because of football people. And again, the the issue I have with that is he's an accountant. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, let, me, let me ask you this: um, if I tell you. Howie Roseman was, or somebody like that, was going to become the next head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. What would you say? Inexperienced. Would you? Would you? I mean, it's like, how the hell is he going to coach? Yeah. Okay. Now, a head coach should be a guy that can coach the coaches and knows how to work with the coaches because the head coach sometimes has to fix things on the staff, doesn't he? Well, yep. how the hell are you going to fix it if you've never coached yourself? Well, if you're a general manager, and again, as a personnel guy. How are you going to evaluate the scouts if you've never scouted yourself? How are you going to know who's doing – well, I, you see how many hits, how many misses. Yeah, okay, that's fine. How are you going to train them to get better? I, I You know, I mean, with all – it could be like Mayock, all those people. It's not that they're not intelligent. They're, they're bright people, but experience matters. And if, you know, it's not the NBA where you say, hey, you, you finished uh, – Come on and coach this team and, uh, you know, ask LeBron who he wants to play and thank you and do a press conference. That's coaching there. Eh, football's a little different in my mind, and I, this is the, the, the football guy coming out of me. Yeah, it takes a lot of experience to go through a lot of situations to come out with how do you deal with that. It doesn't mean to say, well, but don't I don't want you to be part of our group. No, 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 I think you embrace it. But I, to me, people like that have a place in an organization but I want their opinion on numbers and salary cap. But how I'm going to allocate the money is going to come based on football intuitive skills because it is a business, but it's the business of football. So, I mean, I want somebody ideally that's a sales manager in a company that's actually been a salesman because how are you going to help train the salesman? How are you going to help get them better? If you've never done it, how are you going to do it? I think that's the problem. And I think, not all people that are good football people make every pick right. I don't mean that. But that's how I feel about it. But who's to say how he's not strongly listening to people and have people to do that? But I think that's what happens sometimes is you get that guy that's that's got the that can chirp in the ear of the owner and that's the owner's confidant. And you know you know what happens when things go bad. You got those type of guys that are chirping in the ear of the owner and, and during the game day, and oh, we got this, and the players are good. He's not coaching. That's how that stuff works in this league. I, I think there's not enough development, not enough working in unison with good football people. I mean, how are you going to sit there and how's a head coach going to sit there and respect somebody that doesn't really know how to to bring him the right type of football player? You know, hey, not how he's some rank somewhere. But who fits? Do you understand what our blocking scheme is? Do you understand what type of guard that we need? Do, do you understand that? Or is it just, well, you know, hey, Dan Cilio can run that. Out. You know, do you understand? Can you look at film and can you see what Dan can do on tape and how he might differ from Warren? But he has that. I mean, those are the type of things that it takes experience to see. Then if you don't have it, 
mean, you got to get it. Absolutely. I completely agree. Chris, do me a favor. Tell everybody how they can get all of your stuff. And believe me, folks, it's some of the best stuff, especially as we're getting towards the end of the year. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be talking about these quarterbacks moving and also the NFL draft. Chris, tell folks how they can get in touch with all your info. We appreciate it. LandryFootball.com. It's film room evaluations, college, NFL, previewing all the games each and every week, reviewing them inside the film room, telling you how players grade it. Check that out. Everything from college football recruiting um, to the draft stuff. Uh, I, I, a big part of my consulting business now is coaching search work. So we, we on top of all of that, giving you all the inside information and who are the up-and-coming guys, and what's the good fit. So if you like football, it's like having your own scouting department. It's like you're an owner of a team, you're an, you're you know president of a university, it's like having your own scouting and coaching department at your disposal for less than a magazine subscription. So check it out, LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the football season sale. We still got it going on. Absolutely, man. Everybody should go over there and check it out. Chris, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Happy holidays, brother. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Take care. Talk soon. You got it. All right, man. Got a whole bunch of people jumping aboard with us. Did you hear what Chris just said? How we should not be making your picks. Okay, I'm going to throw the word in. He basically thinks he's a librarian. And he's not a football person. We'll get your thoughts. Please do me a favor, guys. Please hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. 
Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back to the National Football Show. It's your boy, Dan Cilio. Appreciate Chris Landry coming aboard with us. And guys, you just heard a little bit there what what Chris Landry said. Howie is, and, and you know what? You can hear Chris saying that he was, you know, being as respectful as he can. Chris is not going to be a tool like yours truly here. But I'll fill in the gap there. He's basically saying that Howie Roseman should be nowhere near a draft room. He's great in the book's end. He's great on getting the money, which he did. He's great at getting the picks, which, by the way, is a talent. I'm not going to completely dismiss that. You can't either. You know, your team's getting better. You're under the cap with great money, which will go up next year to about almost $30 million. And you've got 11 draft choices as of today. Guys, that's pretty good in setting the table. But what he needs to do is he needs to kind of slice up that ego a little bit if he can. You know what's crazy if he did this move that I'm going to say? If he slice here, let, let me give you a great perspective on how Jimmy Johnson built those Dallas Cowboy dynasties. Have you guys ever heard of Bob Ackles? You guys ever heard of Bob Ackles? Okay. Have you have you ever heard of it? Have you ever heard of him? Bob Ackles was Jimmy Johnson's right-hand man when it came to evaluating talent. East Camden. He was the he was basically the director of pro personnel for the Dallas Cowboys during Jimmy Johnson's time. See, you guys never heard it, right? But what Jimmy did was he cut a piece of the pie out for Bob. Ask Jimmy Johnson if you ever run into him. So Bob Ackles had a lot to do with your success. He'll tell you that Bob Ackles had more to do with the Cowboys' success than what Jerry Jones did. Bob would here. Let, let, let me let me give you a, a, how it would work. Do you guys know the story of Charles Haley and how he got to the Dallas Cowboys? See, this is a fundamental lesson that Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles, needs to practice. Do you guys know how Haley got to the Cowboys from the 49ers? Any of you know the story? I know exactly what went down. Do you guys know the story on how Haley got? How did a guy like that? And by the way, you know what Ed DeBartolo told me? Eddie DeBartolo told me that was one of the biggest decisions that he ever made that was one of the biggest decisions that he wishes he had a mulligan back on. That and letting Montana go to Kansas City. Well, let me tell you the story. Here you guys go. Well, when they were making the coaching change in, in San Francisco from Bill Walsh to George Seifert, 
Charles Haley couldn't stand George Seifert. George Seifert was a defensive-minded guy. He was the D coordinator. He was all that. Haley freaking hated him. Hated him. They kept getting into arguments. They kept sitting him in practice. So what did Haley do one day? Haley jumps up on George Seifert's car and urinates on the hood of his car right in front of him. He comes walking into the team meeting. Seifert says, get the F out of here. Called Carmen Policy. They called Jimmy Johnson. The team was 1-15. They called Bob Ackles. Bob Ackles goes over to Jimmy Johnson. You're not going to believe this, but they want to trade Charles Haley to you guys. They thought they were trading Haley to the laughing stock of the NFL. Jimmy went like this to Dave Wanstead, the D coordinator. There's the missing ingredient. From a guy going from two Super Bowl wins to a guy who won three. Do you know Charles Haley is the second winningest player in pro football history next to Tom Brady? He's got five rings. Five championship rings. Five rings. Jimmy goes, I'll take them. The rest is history. The rest is history. We'll reset. Hour two coming up. We're going to get to all your thoughts. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. 
go for the game. Go for the hit. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome aboard, Dan Cilio National Football Show, hour number two. Guys have been great. Thank you so much. By the way, please, guys, continue to hit the like button. We have been hitting grand slams with that. And I thank you guys so much, man. It's really great. By the way, before we get going into, I love our topic of the day here. Who do you think has a better career and why? Wentz or Hurts, I really love that topic. I love also what we said about, you know, Sanders and Howard being the guys that should be splitting the time when it comes to getting the football. But I want to throw this at you here before we get going here and I start reading uh, some of your thoughts here. Isn't it wild to watch two coaches in our lifetime right now who are considered the greatest coaches in the college ranks and in the NFL? Winning again with first-year quarterbacks. Think about what Saban is doing. This maybe isn't his best Alabama team, but they're still in the conversation to potentially win another national championship and another SEC title. First-year quarterback, Bryce Young, you know, right? Here he is still winning. And then he got Belichick with a first-year quarterback in New England, and they're considered one of the better teams in the AFC this year. That's the art of coaching. That's the art of evaluation. That's the art of delegating. That's the art of doing this. Both places, don't you think both of those places, Alabama and New England, they're almost turnkey, aren't they? Do you know how many years it is to set up a scouting department, a recruiting department, a coaching department, a strength and conditioning department, a trainer's department, having having your gear taken care of, the equipment managers, all of those fundamentals, All of them have to be hitting on all cylinders for you to be considered a great organization. Alabama has it. New England has it. It, It's it's almost turnkey. You see, the greatness of Saban and the greatness of Belichick is not Sundays. It's the fundamentals that they put inside the organization. This guy's job's this. This guy's job's this. This guy's job's that. You're all evaluated. You give your two cents because it all falls on your desk if you're Bill or Nick. But what you try to do is not get in the way of that. And this is what Howie Roseman has to learn. You see, you know why the Eagles have fallen apart since 2017? 
they don't have the institutional structure inside the organization to where it's hitting on all cylinders without anybody watching over it. And what usually happens is, is that egos get into, well, it's the scouting department. No, it's the ownership. No, it's the coaching. And before you know it, everybody in the room is looking for their seat before the music stops. You don't have that in New England or with Saban. You don't, that, that's right, Alexander. Monday through Saturday is where championships are won. Your structure and practice. Your expectations from the players. The equipment manager. Making sure that all the players' gear's there. The strength and conditioning coach. Making sure that all the meals are proper. The players showing up. Giving max effort, same as coaches. That's right, Lou. Just do your job. That's where that comes from, guys. You think people in Philadelphia just do their job? No. Because you have a GM that hovers over all the departments. And people feel threatened. And what happens when you feel threatened? You feel that you shouldn't be making moves that could be creative because you'll be criticized if they're wrong. Guys, I tell people this all the time. When it comes to running one of my shows, if somebody has a great idea, I want to hear it. There's no bad idea. Just bad intentions. I never want to hamper one's creativity. If they bring something to a show, if they bring something to me, I'm trying to develop that person as much as I can. And you can't be doing this. That sucks. No good. Hey, guy, where are you going with this? That's not how I think. That's, then why'd you hire him? Then why'd you hire him? You, you, you've got to de- See, the Eagles' issues are institutional. And get this, I think Jalen Hurts is actually stabilizing it. Big Chris, love you here, man. Thank you so much. Jay, how he also missed on a few first-round picks, too. He has. Lamar, there's only bad execution. Is how we related to the owner of the Eagles. Chris. $21 million on the salary cap, and he got him 11 draft choices next year. What are you talking about? He's doing his job. Where how he gets in trouble is he thinks that he's like Bill Polian. You see, how he wants to be two people. You know who he wants to be? He wants to be Ozzie Newsom, but he also wants to be one of the greatest capologists of all time. Do you know how far and few between those dudes are? Guys that can manage a cap and find talent. There's a reason why you have a capologist, and there's a reason why you have talent evaluators in the room because they look at the intangibles. And I guess how he thinks because he's been around the game so long that that automatically qualifies you for being a coordinator. That doesn't, or excuse me, a general manager. That doesn't. 
Just because you hang around the room for 15 years doesn't mean you're good at your job. That means you're good at another facet of your job. Okay? I mean, think about Bill Belichick and Nick Saban right now. How is it working with two guys now that are first-year starters and nothing has changed? Nothing has changed. How about Saban winning championships through through COVID? You think COVID was going to stop Nick Saban? (laughs) Guys, an atomic bomb wouldn't stop him. He'd still play that next day. If an atomic bomb fell on Saturday, Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide would be ready to play on Sunday. That's just how that place is set up right now. That's how we had it set up when I was at the University of Miami. You think Jimmy Johnson was really throwing out game plans? Let me give you guys the greatest moment in the history of my life with Jimmy Johnson as a coach. Then we get back into Wentz versus Jalen Hurts here. So we're playing against, I think it was Louisville. And we're down at the Orange Bowl. And we're killing that team. We had to run the clock out. So you know what Jimmy says? Run a run a goddamn halfback option pass or something. The uh, players on the sidelines that were on the offensive side of the football were going like this. Coach, we don't we don't have that play in our playbook. Well, run something then. <laughs> Everybody started laughing. Jimmy's looking around going, what do you mean we don't have that play? We'll have that play Monday. And we're sitting there going like this, man. It, it was classic Jimmy, though. Jimmy's not going to get in the way of a game plan. You put that game plan together, it better win, or guess what? You're fired. You better have a great defensive game plan or your freaking butt's fired. He evaluated his coaches as hard as he evaluated his players. Dude, if you were sucking at your job in anything, this is how it would go down. I'm sitting there in my locker one day, and Jimmy comes over to this kid named Selwyn Brown who played with me at Miami. Selwyn, what do we have to do? to make sure we're playing the best we we can play each and every single Saturday. What do we have to do here? You just let me know. Selwyn looked over at me after Jimmy walked away and goes, what was that about? I said, I don't know, man. I, I knew what it was. I was going like this. I'm glad he ain't saying that shit to me. <laughs> hey, and then all of a sudden he goes like this. Next weekend, hey, Selwyn, what do we have to do to make, you know, make sure we're not making mistakes? He walks away again. Someone goes, I said, hey, man, that dude comes by for a third time. I can't think I can't think it's good. Sure enough, man, there wasn't a third time. He was demoted to the second team. He looked over at me and he goes, man, I said, well, shit, what you think he was going to do, dog? He's singling you out. And he goes, and he ended up getting his job back. But I'm like, man, you never want Jimmy coming up to you going, what do I have to do to help you become a better football player? I'm going like this. Dude, man, please, God, don't ever have that. I never want to hear that conversation. Thankfully, I never did. I never wanted that because I saw him do it a couple times. Hey, what do I? What do we have to do here to get better? And I'm like, holy shit, man, that ain't good. <laughs> that, that, that ain't good. But the point is, is that he never got in front of his coaches. He was always behind his coaches. 
the coaches were to- talking to you or teaching you. He never got out in front of that. How he gets out in front of that stuff too much. Starts talking about personnel decisions. Don't talk about personnel decisions right now. You know, how, here, here's a rule that I think Howie Roseman should be doing. You know what it is? I don't think he should do press conferences during the regular season. It undermines your head coach. Okay? That's what I think he does. Hugh says, do we know what positions are best in the draft? I think it's deep on edge rushers. Pretty good old lines in there, too, by the way, Hugh. Elliot, great delivery of monologue, Dan. Really draws in listeners. Elliot, you know what's funny? That's really cool of you to say that, man. But you know why it is? Because I think we're just having conversation here. Nobody's trying to bullshit anybody. You know what I mean? We're just talking. We're having a great time talking about our passions. Our civic pride teams. By the way, let me put this out there to you guys. And I know, hey, Eagle fans, you're going to hate this. But it is the National Football Show. You ready? If Dak beats Mahomes on Sunday, does that put more pressure on the Eagle front office to go get Russell Wilson? Hey, it's one thing to sit around and develop Jalen Hurts. Okay, watch it. Yeah, man, Jalen's getting better. Jalen's getting better. Okay? Jalen's getting better. Dak beats Mahomes. Hey, that's a different combo. That's right, Jay. How we should never talk during the regular season. Our Anthony says we have playoff hopes. If we keep this offense formula, Howard and all that, Boy, your expectations have ticked up a little bit, haven't they? Our Anthony, they've, they, they've clipped up a little bit because you're seeing improvement. Hang in there a little bit. Saints this weekend, great coaching staff. Chalk it up, Sports Philly. I love Jalen, but it does. Dev says no. Justin says, come on, Justin. How could you not want Russell Wilson? Please don't do that. Don't do that. You know, you know he's a Hall of Fame player. And he's looking out. What Russell Wilson is going to do in the offseason, Russell Wilson is looking out for the second half of his career. And he will not be in Seattle, my opinion. No way. But think about what I just said to you guys. We're talking about Jalen Hurts improving as a player. If Dak beats. Kansas City, and Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. That's a signature win. Look, when you beat Aaron Rodgers, Brady, Wilson, a little bit of Lamar, when you beat those guys, you're going to look up. You're going to look up. Okay, Big Chris says, if Cowboys make it to the NFC title game, all bets are off with Hurts. Chris, 
then you've got to look at and say, can Jalen match up with Dak Prescott? And can Jalen beat Dak? I'll tell you this, guys. If I had to pick a quarterback to beat Dak Prescott over the next 10 years, I would clearly take Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz. He's just mentally tougher. I want the mentally tougher player. Well, this guy, Dan, is more skilled. You know what? Lamar Jackson's more skilled than Tom Brady, but Brady's a better player. So be careful when you say skill. Dev says, any chance Wilson ends up in Green Bay? Just a thought. That means they would surrender on Jordan Love, right? And personally, I don't think Jordan Love's shit. I don't think he's anything. But guys, you have to think about this for a minute. So that game, keep it, keep it in the back of your mind a little bit. If, if Dak goes out there and he outplays a $500 million player, you got to start doing this. Shit. We're falling further behind in Philadelphia. Look at where Washington is. Washington is kind of this kid, Tyler Heineke. Heineke outplayed Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's the guy at all. I'm not, but they like him there. Priceless, thank you for coming aboard. Our Anthony, Jalen can beat Dak with the right people around him. Jay says, I believe Jalen is your guy. He already is better than Carson Wentz in his first year. We put those numbers up side by side. We, we, we can't deny that comment. Bobby says he thinks Rodgers ends up in Denver. Would you, would you bet against New Orleans? Would you bet against New Orleans? Or how about Miami? Why wouldn't Aaron Rodgers want to leave Green Bay and go to Miami? He can't go to California because all those teams have their quarterbacks. Why not go to Miami? You know the Dolphins would go right after Aaron Rodgers. And you might not have to give up a King's Ransom like you're going to have to for Deshaun Watson. Jeff says Aaron Rodgers should be in Pittsburgh. That could be a place. That could be a place. Lamar says Jordan Love is not the next level Hall of Famer. No, and he's talking about obviously you go from Favre to Rodgers, right? to Jordan Love, not quite looking the same, is it? Right? Not quite looking the same. Yeah, I, I, I would think that you would have to. If Dak runs that team to 9-2, and you've got to start doing this if you're Howie. Dude, I really love the kid, man. He's really getting better hurts. He really is. But are we also improving enough like Dallas is? Because you have to, you see, you know what I think most people don't understand when it comes to the draft? Guys, I'm not drafting just any guys. I'm drafting guys to compete against teams that I have to play common opponent, which means my division. When I draft players, like 
here, here. If I was in the AFC West and say I'm the Raiders, what would be your number uh, one areas that you would draft? Well, I got to get Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes on the ground. So I need end rushers, end rushers. And I also need corners to defend those guys. I need to have guys who can get after these dudes. So that's how you draft inside of your division. If you're the Eagles and you can figure out if Jalen Hurts is your guy, guys, do you know what that means? Then you go after that dude Thibodeau at Oregon and you get a great edge rusher who can get him on the ground. By the way, Parsons has been has been one of the best players in the league, not just one of the best rookies in the league. And when you put a guy like Parsons like that on that Cowboy team, he kind of changed the attitude of that team. They were getting guys on the ground. And what I love about him is he's a versatile dude. He can beat down of the three-point stands, put him up in a two-point. He can cover tight ends. I mean, he's a pretty damn good-looking football player. Think about this. The Eagles could have had him, too. Steph says, would you draft Watson over Wilson? Or would you take Watson over Wilson? The only reason I would take Deshaun Watson is because he's younger. He's 25 years of age. Linebacker from Georgia, Carlos. He's sick. So is that defensive tackle. Ron G says, please, no more talk about Wilson or Watson. This team is already... And cap purgatory. No, 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 Hoss. The Eagles are $21 million under the salary cap. You're not over the cap by $21 million. You're under the cap, son. You're not in purgatory. You're under the cap, $21 million. You're not over the cap. Who told you that? Parsons is as good as it gets. He is is as good as it gets. I want to hit on Andy Reid a little bit, too, here in a second. You know, I know a lot of you love Andy Reid, uh, but I, I want to hit on him a little bit more. I also want to hit on something on Nick Sirianni said today, which to me shows you I think that he's getting better also as a head coach. We'll talk a little bit about New England and Atlanta tonight as well. We'll do all that next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. 
but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Andy Reid in Kansas City has fallen into the same trap that many teams and organizations fall into when you pay your quarterback. Guys, one of the things that was the secret sauce in New England for years and decades was that Brady took pay cuts. He took a haircut in salary all the time. But you know what that means? Think about what that meant. Brady basically invested his own money Brady was never the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. He was never the highest paid guy. Brady's last year in New England, he made $25 million. He was one of the lower end quarterbacks when it came to salary. Now they gave him more on bonus money because he had earned it. And he's a sure thing as much as anything is in the NFL. But you know what the Patriots were able to do? They were able to continue to build their defense, their offensive line. Special teams, they were able to have that balance and create that Camelot in New England when it came to the organizational stuff that I talked about a couple segments ago. When you're talking about equipment manager, uh, film department, strength and conditioning coach, coaching staff, all of that. And East Candom, that's right. That's why he's the GOAT. Okay, created that that sense of what's going on in there, and Brady invested in himself. We've already seen a little bit of that with Kansas City. How did they get Orlando Brown? Remember what happened? You know, and something that kind of flew under the radar that many people didn't hit on. Patrick Mahomes, he renegotiated his contract after he had just put that contract together with Lee Steinberg, his agent, and Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs. They put that deal together, but they had immediately to go back to him and they had to renegotiate some money out of it, giving him more of a bonus. And what they were able to do was go get Orlando Brown. You know, they had to retool the offensive line. I still think that's part of the issues also that Kansas City's going through right now. It's a different old line. 
It's longer to develop an O-line than it is a D-line. But that was the key to Tom Brady. Brady took haircuts and salary all the time. They needed some O-linemen. What would he do? He'd go in and renegotiate it. He's doing that in Tampa now with Jason Light. Brady knows if I take the most money. Here, I'm going to give you guys a great basketball analogy. Do you guys remember when LeBron James went down to Miami? Do you guys remember that? Chris Bosh went down there, LeBron James. They all played up and hooked up with Dwayne Wade, right? Okay. Do you know who the lowest paid player was of the big three? It was D. Wade. D. Wade took less money. Mickey Aronson, the guy who owns Carnival, and Pat Riley, the president, he went to them and said, let's get Chris Bosh. Let's bring him in from Toronto. Let's go get LeBron. Let's bring him down here and go win some championships. And it was his ego that kind of like went, I'll take the less money. That's why he bitched at the end when they reneged on that deal, and that's why he went to Cleveland or Chicago, wherever the hell he went. But he took less dough to invest in himself to get those championships with LeBron. That's kind of what Brady did. Brady invested in himself. Will Patrick Mahomes do that? Because now you don't have a running game in Kansas City. That Kansas City Chiefs team is not a Super Bowl contending team. They can't defend the run and they can't run the ball. Isn't that funny? People have tried to diminish running the football. Hey, everybody in Philadelphia is saying, look, our football team got better because we're starting to run the ball. And yet you don't pay anybody to do it. Okay? Matt Hatter says, if I hit the lottery for $700 million, I still won't be uh, worth as much as Tom Brady. You must be throwing Giselle into the conversation, bro. <laughs> hey, because I, I, I've always said this. Hey, man, seven Super Bowl trophies or Giselle? Which one, which one do I like the most? Why am I leaning over here to Giselle? <laughs> hey, you know, you can keep those. I can't do much with those things, right? I can't, but I can do a lot over here, right? Well, you know, I don't know. I'll tell you. That's why I've always said this about Kobe. Five NBA championships and an Oscar versus Michael Jordan's six championships. What would you rather have? The Oscar and five titles or six championships and you're Michael Jordan? That Oscar looks pretty good next to my five world championships. I don't know. Which one would you rather have? Five championships and an Oscar or six NBA titles? Now, you were six-time NBA finals MVP. I'm not going to go there. Jordan's to go. We all know that. We, 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 right? We, we all know that. So, you see, this is what – figure this out here. Can you imagine if Howie hits on Jalen? Do you know what this sets up? Do you guys have any idea? Let me give you the blueprint, the blueprint to being a dynasty or to being competitive and always in it for the next decade. 
What do you think was the biggest reason the Patriots had that long run of success along with Seattle? What do you think is part of that dynamic? What, what, what was the one dynamic in there, you guys think, and how you built that utopia of a franchise? What do you guys think? Man, guys, when you're on a rookie contract and you're not paying your guy and he's winning you games, Guys, know this. You can do anything. How do you think the Legion of Boom was built? How do you think the Patriots were built? Brady was on a rookie contract and a sixth-round rookie contract. Sixth-round rookie contract. Russell was on a third-round quarterback contract. Matt Flynn... They brought in from Green Bay, $17 million signing bonus. Tavares Jackson made more money for two years in Seattle than what Russell Wilson did. He was the backup quarterback. Cal Gibson says no team that pays their quarterback more than 18% of the salary cap will ever win a Super Bowl. Xander, put Kyle's up there. Put Kyle Gibson's um, comment up there. That's right, Kyle. Great take. Kyle, great take. So you must be saying this then, Kyle. Do you agree? I want to show you guys something about the Cowboys if they don't win this year. That team will not look the same next year. Let me show you what's in store for the Cowboys. Do you know that Dak Prescott's making $72 million this year because he's getting that $40 million um, signing bonus and he makes 42. So we're talking about like $80 million he's going to make this year. But going forward, watch this. And the cap is being projected at roughly around $190 million next year. I want to show you guys something. The quarterback makes $42 million. Your running back makes 18. That's 60. Amari Cooper makes 20. That's 80. Three players, three players take up $80 million of your next year projected salary cap of 190. Okay? I'm not even in the offensive line yet and in backups. Pollard makes 820. $75,000 a year. Zeke makes $500,000 a game. Check it out here. Your offensive line. That What do you think you're paying five guys? $25 million or $5 million bucks a piece? Okay, you're talking about another, what? $30 million? Okay. Talking about another $30 million. You're now at $110 million of your 190 salary cap. I haven't even got the backups yet. Paul, is it going to be 208? Okay. 208. But Paul, I'm already at 109. I'm already at $110 million for the Cowboys next year. 
and I've just paid the O-line, Dak, Zeke, Amari, okay? I've, I, I've got $110 million. I haven't even paid the tight end yet, okay? I haven't paid the backups. What are we going to go there with backups? Another 15? Here's 125. I have $125 million in money that's already on the table for the Dallas Cowboys offensively going into the 2020 season. That basically means this. I got less than $100 million to tool a defense. How can you do that? You can't stay viable. If you don't have a balanced salary cap and you're not being economically sound, you fall into the same troubles as the Cowboys are. Or, better yet, you fall into the same category as the Rams. Rams have no future. Their future's today. They have to win. They're paying all these guys all this money. They have no draft choices. That's right, Cole. Super Bowl or bust for Cowboys and Rams. So, if know this. This is what you have to fundamentally be thinking. If you're the Eagles and you're Howie Roseman, we may not be better than Dallas today, but we may be better than Dallas in two years because Dallas is going to have to make, guys, see, people in Philadelphia and people around the league aren't looking at the Cowboys correctly. Are they the best team in 2021? It looks like it. But in 2023, they've got economical decisions to make. they got to make some economic decisions here. I just showed you. Hey, and by the way, thank you for the uh, 208. I thought it was something like that. 208 in salary cap. I got 125 to $130 million in money spent on offense. I mean, you're telling me basically that I have another – like $100 million, or I have to spend $80 million on my defensive side of the football? What about my special teams? You going to play your front-line guys? Or watch this, Cole. Are you going to cut Zeke and move Amari? You're not the same team then. How about some of those offensive linemen? That their contracts are going to be a little bit too deep for them and especially at the age, you want to keep them, but they know that they're going to get more money on the open market and they're going to go out and try to get more money. Why wouldn't they? More power to them. Paul says that's why the Saints have no top-tier quarterback this year. And, and, and Paul, that's after Breeze restructured his contract before he retired. Jay says, Dan, Dallas paid all the money on the offensive side. That's correct. That's right. That's what I'm pointing out. So my point is, you see, you've got to think about something here. And this is why, again, guys, I'm not going to give Howie too much love here because I know how much people look at this and go, I don't know. But Howie's not looking at the Eagles in 2021 or, for that matter, 2022. He's looking at the Eagles in 2023. How in – Will they be competitive in 2023 against the Cowboys? The Cowboys got economic decisions to make, like I said. They've got to make some tough cuts here coming up just to get themselves under the cap, let alone build teams through 
the draft, and now they've done a nice job over the last couple of years in the draft. By the way, this kid Gregory is now panning out. You know, Gregory's one of those guys, like John Jones. You got to just get him to the octagon. This guy was a issue machine when he was at Nebraska. Old Cole says, I think they'd be fine without Zeke. And Cooper, in my opinion. Cole, probably true. That's where you're going to save your money. You're going to have, but you're still not the same team, Cole. That's where I'm going here. You're, you're still not the same group. I want to hit on tonight's game a little bit. Patriots and Falcons. I really like Matt Ryan. I really do. We'll reset and keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that Welcome back National Football Show How's Mrs. Simmons doing? Has anybody heard about Mrs. Simmons yet? Ben Simmons? 
Oh, excuse me. Did I say Mrs. Simmons? <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, you know, it's funny. The two softest people in Philadelphia sports history have to be playing at the same time. Janice Rieger and Samantha Simmons. I mean, both of these two have to be the softest people mentally I've ever seen. They must get on the phone or they must be in like a group chat together. They're treating me so bad here in Philadelphia. I know. I mean, I went to go get my nails done and I can tell you this. They weren't really doing a very good job on my nails. And, you know, I was just a little bit perturbed that they would be so down on me like this. I know what you're saying, Samantha. That big, fat, silly-o guy, man, all he does is trash me. Uh, he's so obnoxious and fat and disgusting. <laughs> all true, but you still suck. <laughs> all true. <laughs> Dude, how could people show up to work like that with their head up? Watch this. Hey, man, I, you know, I got uh, – dude, I have mental issues. Hey, here's the doctor. Hey, kiss my ass. I'm not going to see that, dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah, hey, Jay, can you imagine, man, showing up to a Philly game? You're, you're Ben Simmons and that crowd in Philly, man. Man, it'd be hard-pressed for me not to throw a hot dog at that guy, too. I've had a hot dog thrown at me, okay? I have. Hit me right in the neck, right between my shoulder pads and my helmet. Silio, you suck! Yeah, the Bucks suck this year, and so do I. No, you! <laughs> it's like, hey. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the Bucks. I'm talking about you. Had to be some guy that was a transplant from Philly. Right? Had it be some transplant. You! You suck, dude! Yeah, okay. Drive a vet, huh? You need to drive a Yugo. I don't even know if they make them cars anymore. Driving a vet around. Look at you. You suck. Can you imagine, man, showing up to a game and you got that Philly... Dude, get this. Even if the, even if the Sixers win, right? Even if the Sixers win, hey, I don't care if you win 10 games in a row. You suck. <laughs> oh, man. Am I wrong, right? You right, right? What I'm telling you, man. I don't care if you win the... I don't care if you win the MVP, guy. <laughs> I don't care. By the way, real quick, let me throw this out there. So did Bryce Harper win the MVP? Okay. Did Bryce Harper win the MVP? Great. Hey, Bryce, nice job. Once you win a damn World Series now, that might be – how come the Nationals win a World Series and this guy wins an MVP? People in Philly don't care if you win an MVP, bro. What made Schmidt so great was he delivered a championship and was an MVP and the greatest third baseman. Dude. When you win individual awards, that's all good and dandy. But when you win individual awards and you win an NBA championship or you win an NFL title or you win a World Series, people go like this. Bobby Clark is a god because he won the cup and he was the heart winner. 
right? Hey, Penguin, excuse me. Sorry about that. I digress. I digress. So how about hey, how about Mac Jones tonight, right? Not yet announced smile. Okay. I think Harper wins it. So how about Mac Jones, rookie quarterback? Goes into New England. And they're on the cusp right now of being considered one of the better teams in the AFC. I laid it all out for you how that is. It's because organizationally, Bill Belichick has built a turnkey operation. Bill's 70 years old, right? He's got a formula. I'm not holding anything with that stupid COVID against him from a year ago. Plus all the opt-outs, making excuses. But if one organization can use it, so can he. Wolf's Ghost, thank you for chiming in here, man. By the way, Wolf's Ghost just reminded me. Guys, please hit the like button. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Eastside Monster said, do you think they can beat the Titans? I do. I do think they can. Without Derrick Henry? Yeah. With Derrick Henry? I don't know. Oh, and real quick, think about something, too. You just mentioned the Titans. Guys, I want to show you something. Don't be this team, and don't be this kind of organization. Isn't it an indictment on the Dolphins as an organization when you passed up on Justin Herbert and you let Ryan Tannehill go? Do you know Ryan Tannehill has to be the most underappreciated quarterback in the NFL? Nobody talks about the guy. And when you look at his numbers, he's having a Pro Bowl renaissance in Tennessee just because of better coaching, better talent. They're 8-2. and two. Since Ryan Tannehill has been the starting quarterback in Tennessee – that's been a different organization. And remember, Mike Vrabel had to do the tough cut. You know what that was? He had to look at Marcus Mariota in the face and say, son, to quote my favorite ice cube line out of straight out of Compton, you ain't it. That ain't it. Ryan Tannehill, how many people talk about him? Look at the Dolphins now. You know, when he was there, the Dolphins were kind of floating around 500. They were kind of decent. They're just a shitty organization. Okay? He's left. <laughs> now look at him. Tannehill leaves that dumpster fire and goes to, New goes to Tennessee. Isn't that an indictment? That's insanity. Big Chris, man, I'm a big fan of Mike Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel is the most underrated coach in all the NFL. I think the Patriots win tonight in a close one. What is it, Super Bowl 50-something? What is, the, what is the rematch when Atlanta had that 28-point um, lead and then in the second half, Brady and his magical – you know, football team comes back and they win that Super Bowl, man. The, the Falcons have never been. They've never been the same, okay? 
I actually think Matt Ryan's having a pretty damn good year. I really do. Okay? Jay, two is just not the guy, man. He, he's not the dude. I just – I I think he's – watch this. Jay, I don't think he's bad. I just think he's another dude. You know what I mean? I just think he's another dude, man. Priceless. I actually like Tannehill on Miami. He showed a lot of heart in those games. But that franchise is a shit show. It is. I covered it. They had a guy by the name of Jeff Ireland down there. He was such a train wreck as a GM. Wolves goes, Belichick could find a QB in a pile of coal. Here, and to his point, I want to show you guys something here about Belichick and his ability to find quarterbacks. Watch this, guys. Matt Castle went 11 and 5. Jacoby Brissett has started NFL games. Pretty good quarterback. I don't I don't mind him. Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom Brady. Now Mac Jones. Do you know what these guys all have in common? They've all been NFL starters and one's the GOAT. Garoppolo won an NFC championship. Led a team to a Super Bowl, did he not? Jacoby Brissett won some ball games as a starter in Indianapolis. Tom Brady, as I said, is the GOAT. Mac Jones is going to be the offensive rookie of the year. Matt Castle got a contract to go to Kansas City, and he led them to a division title. Yeah, Bill Belichick can find quarterbacks. Okay? He can. His resume says that he can. His scouting department knows the intangibles that they're looking at on guys that can win ball games. Am I wrong? I mean, you could say whatever you want about him and other positions on that team. But the bottom line is, when Bill spots a quarterback that he thinks could be the guy to carry on what the tradition of the Patriots is, he's been pretty good at evaluating. And by the way, he's a defensive-minded guy. He's not an offensive guru dude like people think you have to be. Okay, so, I mean, look, all of these guys. Look, um, Castle got a giant deal to go to Kansas City. Jacoby got a great deal. Remember, after the whole Andrew Luck thing, they gave him, like, what was it? They were paying him, like, $13 million a year. He's got a nice deal down in Miami right now. Garoppolo's on a $25 million a year deal. Brady's making forty this year. And Mac Jones is on a rookie contract and was drafted in the first round. I don't know. That's pretty good stuff, guys. So Belichick can. He can evaluate. I think he looks – there's no question, too, he and Saban had long conversations on Mac Jones. There's no question he's had him. Isn't it crazy, too? All three quarterbacks that Nick Saban had at one time at Alabama are now all starting – in the NFL, they have that intangible to move the chain. 
That's the thing here, right? They have the intangible to move that chain. All right, guys. Guys, we could talk forever, couldn't we? You guys have been sensational. Ron G, thank you guys for coming aboard, man. You guys are just spectacular. Thank you. Please do me a favor. Hit that like button on the way out. And if you happen to miss the show, Chris Landry in the first hour, he broke down his thoughts on Jalen Hurts. I thought it was some compelling stuff and also on Howie Roseman. So if you can't go back, watch it. Replay it a little bit later on. We thank you again. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern, we keep it right here on the National Football Show. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.